Ooh, what would we do, baby, without us? Shalala. Hello and welcome to another very special episode of Alex P. Keaton is my friend. I'm your friend, Phil Vecchio, and on this episode we'll be discussing Season 3, Episode 20 of Family Ties. This episode is titled, Don't Know Much About History, and it originally aired on February 14th, 1985. And with me as always to discuss this episode is my very special co-host, Keith. Howdy-do. Hey. <laughs> How you doing? Good. Happy Valentine's Day for this episode. <laughs> yes, happy Valentine's Day to you as well. <laughs> I like to imagine, you know, young teenagers in 1985... Going out on a date and finishing the night off by watching an episode of Family Ties. <laughs> Especially when it came on at 8 o'clock and so their date was over and they were they were in front of the TV by 8 p.m. <laughs> These are teenagers. The, the dad said you better have her home by 7.30 and, you know, <laughs> sure. maybe he's allowed to stay for dinner in a little family show. Oh, there you go. Maybe yeah. they played a board game when it was done. That's right. See, there's a whole scenario here. Maybe they played cards or something, and so then the parents would take the, the date's money. <laughs> Might as well make a profit on the evening while you're at it. <laughs> right? 100%. Sure. Dumb kids don't know any better, you know. So the episode title, Don't Know Much About History, is very loosely tied to this episode. Yeah, I think we're talking because they're, you know, tutoring people who aren't good at stuff. Yeah. That's the only thing I got. I saw someone, I think it was on like IMDb or somewhere that suggested, I guess that song, you know, don't know much about history. Like that song plays during the cafeteria scene, I want to say, in Animal House. Oh, okay. And so they were trying to draw a connection there. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what, but that's at least college. Who hmm. knows? I don't know. Pretty loosey-goosey. It's not what I expected. In fact, when I saw that title at first, I'm like, wait, is this going to be like a clip show? But it's not. Yeah, I was hoping they were going to go back in time again. Yeah, we just had our signing the Declaration of Independence episode. Yeah, maybe uh, Baby Andrew was going to be Davy Crockett. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, didn't he? Who's, who's going to be Daniel Boone? <laughs> right? Skippy. <laughs> yeah, well, of course. <laughs> Gotta be Skippy. <laughs> didn't, uh... Did, uh, Davy Crockett killed a bear when he was only three, right? Isn't that how the song goes? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Killed him a bar when he was only three. How yeah. Did get that <laughs> bar. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how Disney sang it. That's all I know. Sure. I think I saw that too. Do you remember the Mike Fink keelboats at Disneyland? The what? Okay, they used to have, when when I was a kid, I feel like it was up through maybe even like high school, Going around the rivers of America where the, you know, Mark Twain boat is. It goes around Tom mm -hmm. Sawyer's Island. They had the Mike Fink keel boats, which is a character from the Davy Crockett TV show and movies. He's like the bad guy. And he had these keel boats. He would run up and down the river and do his like crimes or whatever. And you could ride on the keel boats around the rivers of America. No, I don't yeah. remember that. That was like the last vestige of the Davy Crockett connection there. Into, in Frontierland, and it was there until, I think I was in high school, and there's still, at least the last time we went, there was still one, like, it's kind of like crashed off to the side of Tom Sawyer's Island there, it's like a remnant of the ride. How funny, so when you type in Keelboats into Google, it's the second thing that comes up is Keelboats Disneyland. Well, 
don't know how many other people got keelboats around right now. <laughs> yeah, so they had it in 1985. So they had keelboats until 1997. Ah, I graduated high school in 97. Yeah. I have a perfect memory. <laughs> you do have a perfect memory. That's amazing, yeah. They got rid of them at the Magic Kingdom in uh, April 29th of 2001. Now, this is according to Wikipedia, so... So it's got to be accurate. Yeah. <laughs> so could you name any of those keelboats that were at Disneyland? Mm, I, I want to say they were like girl names, like Lulabelle or something. Pretty darn close, actually. Gully Wumper, Bertha May. Bertha those were the May. two. The Lily Bell is the train. That's why it's at, at the Disneyland uh, Railroad train. There's a uh, Lily Bell. How funny. Magic Kingdom had the same names, and then uh, Disneyland Paris actually. Oh, you could have ridden a keelboat all the way through the summer of 2010 at Disneyland Paris. Wow. Yeah. But uh, their boat names were Raccoon and Coyote. <laughs> little more on the nose there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They were like, yeah, in France, nobody cares. Nobody understands it. The Davy Crockett thing. Okay. Here's the funny part, though. So as you probably know, we were not just planning to, but had already booked our trip to Disneyland Paris right before the pandemic hit, right? Yes. Yeah. You guys were going for summer break or for spring break. Spring break. Right. And so there was like, we did tons of research on it. And first of all, like they're... Old West, I don't think they call it Frontierland. Maybe it is. I feel like it might be called American Westland or something like that, but it's their Frontierland. Mm-hmm. It's like a huge thing. In fact, they have like a whole separate island that the Big Thunder Mountain Railroad goes over on. Like, I can't remember if there's a bridge over to it, if there's an underwater tunnel, but it's like a really big part of their park. And the hotels, you know, they have hotels that are Disney on the property. Uh-huh. Of the hotels, I want to say there's something like eight hotels and like six of them are Old West themed in one way or another. Or American, really? like Route 66 or Old West or Southwest. Like, it's kind of a big focus there. Because we wanted to huh. see some somewhere cool and French and it's all like, oh, Cowboys and, and you know, Route 66 or California. Like, it's kind of crazy. I think it's kind of a thing they're into over there interesting that's kind of bizarre when you stop and think like you know our american you know history obviously they see it a little differently and they're intrigued by the cowboys and native american aspect of it and And in fact when we went to denmark uh in 2017 we went to denmark and we went to the original legoland there which is much older than the legoland we have like here in california and they have a, a western land <laughs> they call it american west western land something like that uh-huh. and it's you know cowboy theme they have like a log flume ride kind of thing but it's actually in like a canoe like a native american style canoe um they have like a campfire and teepees and probably some culturally insensitive things going on all over the place and stuff sure <laughs> um but it's a big part of it and everyone loves it one of the activities they had for the Old West is you could do like that classic thing where you roast toast. You know how you put toast on a stick and then you roast it over the bread and eat it yeah, or over I, the fire? No. I no, I don't either. But that bread was on the stick. They had you could buy like little loaves of bread and you would roast it over. They had an actual little campfire. You buy the loaf, roast it over, and then you could eat like the roasted bread. Mm, that sounds like, delicious. This is not 
what happened in the old west or in california or camping or anything i don't know how they got this i i guess like at least they can sell that versus you know having you know here buy this pot of beans or something would be weird right (laughs) well and they did sell hot dogs but their hot dogs are like wrapped in dough they're not like in a bun they're they have like a spiral of dough around them and they serve them with remula dipping sauce which is so nasty yeah, <laughs> that doesn't sound good at all. But the best part of all of it, they had like a, a old west style carousel, and there's music playing in the whole you know area the whole time, uh-huh. western music, quote unquote. Sure, and I was listening, and all the song choices were real weird. But the best one that came on, and this again is like an old west town, was they had "Butterfly Kisses" by Bob Carlyle came on. <laughs> I'm like, this is what they think old west music sounds like in Denmark. It was amazing. <laughs> Like literally the song that's like butterfly kisses, butterfly kisses, yeah. Okay, this came. Yep. All right. Well, I guess old that's west. pretty old west. So I don't know what they think about the old west, but it's definitely something that there's some fascination in over there. Interesting. The old west. They don't know much about history, but they like it. <laughs> Do you think they know much about biology? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't go to that land. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, won't won't. Oh, uh, that's funny. So I wonder if cars was a big hit in France then, because if they, you know, like the whole car movement and the Route sixty six thing, and because that movie was kind of all about that. It must have been. I mean, because there's definitely some theming going on with it there. Hmm. I never really cared for the Cars franchise personally. It wasn't really my thing, but. I like Route 66. I like the first cars really well. I didn't see any other ones, to be fair. I only saw oh, the first okay. one. All sadness. Poor Lightning McQueen. Right? Poor Owen Wilson. He can't get you to watch him. Yeah, hey, I watched him in Loki, and I've seen that, and you haven't, so well, that's we're about true. even there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure, actually, you probably come out on top. I'm pretty sure I've seen almost everything Luke Wilson, or well, both Wilsons, Luke and Owen, I've ever mm. done. What's your least favorite Luke Wilson movie? I don't know. If I seen one I don't like? Yeah, well, I have. What's yours? Legally Blonde. What? That movie's terrible. No, you're it incorrect. You know, it's you so forgot. bad. You're thinking of the musical or the TV show spinoff <laughs> or the like straight to DVD sequels. The original Legally Blonde is great. Mm, I don't know about great. That's that's L. a real Woods? strong. Yeah, I'm L. L. Woods. Come yeah. on. Ah. Oh. What was the other Reese Witherspoon movie where she had to go back and she was like, you know, from Georgia or something? And that movie was bad, too. I remember vaguely what you're talking about, but I can't remember. Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. See, that that one, yeah, that's not for me. But you might be confusing Legally Blonde with that because Legally Blonde is great. Mm, I feel like, no, she went, she went to law school for a boy and joined a sorority and she wore pink a lot. Yes, but then she was really smart, and they were judging her based on her outward appearance, but she really was very intelligent. Well, only when it came to the topics that she knew. Well, but then she turned it around and showed them that there's more than one way to judge intelligence and success and and accomplishments. Well, no, and that's great. I'm very supportive of that. I just don't need to see the movie. Oh, it's so good. Uh, Heidi loves that movie. And I'm like, no, this is terrible. Tell Heidi she's correct. When you can watch better movies like Miss Congeniality, yes, all day. Okay, how can you like Miss Congeniality and not that? I mean, don't get me wrong. Sandy is America's sweetheart, but 
She's beauty and she's grace. I know. But that's like the classic makeover show where she had to like dress up pretty for everyone to notice her. Yeah, but then you that's had been done uh, like a billion Shatner times. and Candace Bergen and I mean just it's way better. I don't know. We'll have to have a showdown. Legally Blonde versus Miss Congeniality. I have my DVDs of the two Legally Blonde movies that I can just pull off the shelf and watch. I think we probably have it too. All right. I don't I think we have Miss Congeniality and I think we even have Miss Congeniality too, which was kind of a steep decline in uh greatness. Yeah, I feel like the second Legally Blonde was fun, but definitely not quite the same. Sally Field as the senator she went to work for, I want to say. Yeah, I think so. I don't even remember the plot line for that one, for the most part. Something about, like, pet testing, like, makeup on pets or something like that. Mm, I don't know. Okay. I have vague memories of that one, but the first one's great. Yeah, the first one I've seen multiple times, but not Legally Blonde. I saw it, like, once or twice, and I... If I ever have to watch it again, I think I'm going to jump. Same thing with Titanic. Oh, so Titanic, I'm with you. Like, I watched oh. it once. I think we lived that boat in real time. I was rooting <laughs> for it to sink. Not for people to die, though. I didn't watch Titanic until right before Janelle and I got married. Okay. And that was, uh, like, seven years after the fact, if you're doing the math there. But okay. I didn't ever want to watch it. And Seven years from know. when the Titanic really sank? Yeah, yeah, we're that old. <laughs> it felt like it after the end of that movie. Right? I mean, oh, oh, it's my the gosh. longest movie. It is. And I realize it's like, you know, the biggest boat at the time or whatever, but I didn't need to see it all. Anyway. Did you see they're making a new version of that boat? The Titanic 2? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah, we promise it's not sinkable this time. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's Dick Dastardly, and he's like, you know, rubbing his hands together, and Muttley's <laughs> next to him. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a bad idea. Yeah. How how did we start talking about miscongeniality in Sweet Home Alabama? I don't it's, know. It's, I'm pretty sure it's my fault. It's another one of those that I, I, when I go back and listen to it, I'll go, oh, okay. <laughs> That's how we got there, but who knows along the way. <laughs> there's definitely a train of thought on that one. Sha-la-la-la. So what what show are we here to talk about, Phil? Oh, that's right. We're talking about Family Ties. Oh, I love that show so much. It's so good. We should we should talk about it. And Elise is in the episodes again, just like the way God intended it to be. I know. It's it's so good to have her back. Oh, she's awesome. Well, we are back to a A story, B story layout here. Mm-hmm. I think we kind of started with the B story. Yes. Because we're in the kitchen and Steven is talking about buying a new car because they need a larger car to fit the whole family in now that Andy's in the picture. See, I agree with Mallory. You just have keep the car that you already have and then get a second car and let somebody else drive the second car. Because we found out in a little bit that Mallory can drive. She passed her driving test on the third time and almost on the second time. She would have passed it if if the person doing the test wasn't thrown from the vehicle. (laughs) (laughs) That usually is problematic. Usually you don't get a third test after that one. (laughs) I guess they should have worn (laughs) seatbelts. Anyway, they're looking at buying a car. Mallory wants to get a race car. She wants to get a Panther. But apparently that's a real car. Oh, it is? Yeah, it's like a racing buggy kind of thing or something. I don't know about cars to tell you, but it was a real thing. 
Or at least there's cars called that now. I don't know if that was at the time. but So the Maserati, obviously, is a real car, but I didn't know that the Panther XR22 yes. or whatever she called it was like a real one. According to the Panther Turbo, yeah, I looked it up. There are vehicles called that. Hmm. By the way, did you notice that the baby is, like, not in the opening credits, speaking of the beginning of the show? No, it's still the same opening credits. It's the same exact opening credits, but there's no baby, and they have the painting of the family, but there's no baby in the painting. Oh, maybe the the baby is so sad. That's why, help, we're growing up. That's right. (laughs) That's where they got the title from in Germany. We solved it. Oh, That's it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We, We figured it out. We got to the bottom of it. So, Steven's insisting on the family car. Mallory wants a race car. They're heading out to the car dealership. Meanwhile, we have Alex and his returning college friend, James Jarrett, is here back in the kitchen with Alex. And they're planning on doing a business together, tutoring people. Yes. And if you remember correctly, James Jarrett was previously in the episode where they volunteered at a suicide hotline. Yeah. So, this is a little bit lighter episode this time. <laughs> and that was still this season, right? Yeah, because it was after he started at Leland. Yep, and he started Leland this season. They're plan- making all their plans uh, for doing a-, a tutoring business. They're very competitive, and it reminds us, uh, they remind us of how competitive they are. They can't decide on what to call the business, and they're battling over, I don't know, cookies or some kind of snacks or something in the kitchen, like just constantly <laughs> tussling and, and pushing. They couldn't get their hands out. <laughs> yes, exactly. So they, you know, how is this business going to work out between the two of them? Well, we'll find out. So Uh-oh. we, uh, were, we, sh- we're shown their, uh, I guess, I guess they're interviewing the people who are, I guess to tutor. How does that work? The people are coming to them to ask permission to get tutored by them? (laughs) Yeah. Maybe they were just doing like a, hey, you know, we got to find out what subjects you need help in. How much help? Okay, uh, we're going to have to help you two, three days a week. Maybe that kind of a thing. Yeah. Because they had appointments for people to show up at. And um, the first guy is a super goofus, like super, like he makes Skippy look real sharp. Um, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And he was a big guy. He was, and he didn't even know, like, when they said, oh, your first uh, tutorial appointment will be on this day, and he's like, I just need help with my homework, you know? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, that's that's what we're talking about. And then he, when he's leaving, he's like, okay, where do I go? And Alex is like, oh, the tutorial will take place here. And he's like, no, I mean, where do I go now? And then James <laughs> is like, go home. Like, oh, okay, thanks. Go home. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So he was pretty great. That was a great little gag. Then, of course, we have the the final appointment shows up, and it's a pretty girl. And, you know, Alex can never think straight or make good decisions when a pretty girl is involved. Exactly. And apparently James feels the same way, and all of a sudden, it's like the most awkward moment, too. Like, she comes in, nobody really says anything, and they kind of look at her weird, and then they awkwardly show her over the couch james like takes her coat and then they just stand on either side of her and stare at her and eventually she goes like is this the place for the tutoring <laughs> and then that's it like that's the end of the scene it's yeah, so that's weird not creepy at all 
No, no, yeah. And then <laughs> that'll put her at ease. We have them like arguing over who's gonna like who's a t- you know they they agree together. This is later on in the kitchen that you know they both think she's attractive maybe, and they've got to keep professional. And they're not gonna ask her out because that wouldn't be professional. Of course, everything's gonna be fine. And so she shows up. By the way, I keep saying she, but her name is Robin Green as the character. So Robin shows up at the door and at the back door this time, coming into the kitchen. And immediately the guys are again, you know, vying for her attention. They oh, both, yeah. she's like, well, who's going to go first? Cause they're each going to tutor in a different subject. And she's like, who's going to go first? And they're both arguing about it. And she's like, well, I usually remember the last thing I learned best. And then Alex's like, oh, you can go first, James. Yes. <laughs> do poetry. <laughs> and yeah. Cause he's tutoring her in poetry and Alex is going to do math, I think. Although we didn't see much actual tutoring taking place with math. <laughs> no, he's a horrible teacher. Yes. So <laughs> James goes first. Alex barges in before they're done. And they're both kind of having a good time. James is giggling. And they're talking together. And you can tell, you know, having a little connection. Alex kicks James out. And immediately, before they even get into tutoring, asks her if he she would like to go on a date with him. <laughs> And she's like, oh, I'd love to, but James already asked me out to go to a poetry reading. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, Alex is infuriated because they agreed not to act, not to do this. Mm-hmm. She steps out in the other room to make a phone call. James comes back in, and Alex is furious. And, you know, how could you do this? You said we were going to keep it professional. And James is like, well, you asked her out, too. And he's like, how would you know? And he's like, well, I was listening at the door. <laughs> so... <laughs> Neither one of them stuck to their word. No, not at all. So then, you know, they, they argue about it and, and James stomps out, you know, this, this partnership is not going well. Later on, the family comes back and they have decided to get a wagon master, I think is that what it was called? Yeah. 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 Wagon master. Fridge on wheels. A fridge on wheels. <laughs> Mallory's still upset that they didn't get the fancy car she wanted. Steven is obsessed with the car, and he's very, very excited about it. Eventually, goes so far as to make everyone sit down and listen to him read the instruction manual oh my um, gosh. about it, <laughs> which I thought was fantastic. <laughs> yes. And then they're like, how much longer do we have to do this? And he's like, oh, we've just got one more section. And I wrote it down. What was the name of the section here? Your trunk and welcome to it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Alex tells the, the family like how upset he is because James uh, is stealing away one of their two T's. And Mallory's like, well, who's your other T? <laughs> and Alex just can't even with her. So he just goes on. <laughs> he just looks away. <laughs> and he's like, you'll never believe what he did. He invited her. To a poetry reading. And Stephen's take line on this was so great. He's like, and I always thought so highly of him. How could he? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Stephen is the best. (laughs) He is so great. His facial features, his expressions, his one-liners. Oh, he's so good. Yes. And and then, you know, Lisa's just shocked. Like, how could they let this come between them, their friendship? And and this was like my favorite moment of Stephen's performance. In this whole episode, he said, you know, the male ego is a fragile thing. And Elise is like, that's stupid. 
And then the look he gives her, he looks like he's going to actually cry. And it's just this long, lingering, like, how could you? And he finally says, I'm hurt. (laughs) And it was such great delivery. I was dying at that part. So his, he looked like he had puppy dog eyes because they just got real big and they like looked like they were welling with tears. Oh, and that's good acting. He said so much with his just facial expression. It was just. It was stunning. Oh, he's the best. So then finally, uh, Alex is talking with Mallory and asking for her advice. Mallory, you're kind of a girl, right? And <laughs> and uh, he says, what would you do if you had two good-looking, intelligent guys interested in you at the same time? And Mallory's like, well, what does that got to do with you and James? <laughs> and eventually, she helps him realize that he needs to go after her. And so he uh, crashes the poetry reading that James invited her to. And it's so funny. They're all like sitting on the floor. Alex is super uncomfortable. They have this guy get up first of all, and he reads the worst, like most awkward poem. It's called the nuclear Holocaust and you a Christmas poem. (laughs) (laughs) And he's up there reading the poem. And meanwhile, Alex and James are like arguing and they're doing like almost like stage whispers. Like it's so loud. Yes. At first, everyone's pretending not to notice them, but then it just gets too much. And the, like, the staging of this whole thing where they're all kind of crouching and crawling around on the floor, it's so, the whole scene is so goofy. Yes. Finally, Robin gets so upset that they're just interrupting everything. The poet is upset at them, and she stands up and lets them have it, you know, lets them know that she wants nothing to do with either of them because they didn't give her a chance to even get to know them. They're just, like, fighting and being obnoxious, and she storms out. Finally, you know, Alex is back home. He's all bummed out, and the rest of the family's going out. <laughs> they need to use the Volvo because Steven still hasn't figured out how to actually drive the Wagon Master yet. <laughs> <laughs> so they all head out, and they leave Alex with Andy. As they head out, Elise is like, oh, Alex, you know, he needs to be changed. And Alex is like panicking, oh, what a lesson. Don't leave me. And so he sits down, he's talking to Annie, trying to, like, start changing the diaper when there's a knock at the door, and it's James, who's coming over to get some of his books, and uh, he sees that Alex is struggling with the diaper, and he winds up helping him, and as they solve the problem of the diaper, they talk through their troubles and realize that, you know, their friendship is, you know, probably more important than this, and that their, their competition is a part of their friendship, and they can, you know, basically work through it all, and they make up, and... They eventually successfully change the diaper and everything is fixed. They shake hands and freeze frame. Freeze frame on the handshake. Did you notice that baby was giant too, by the way? And there was I think that was the only shot in the show where you actually saw the baby. Like most of it you heard like crying off or they'd talk about him, but I don't think you actually saw the baby until that last bit when the bassinet. Yeah, I don't remember seeing the baby until that point either, so I wonder if the twins will be the baby in this episode. We will find out in just a little bit. This was really fun. It was a really good episode. I liked it. Yeah, it was fun to see a returning character, James Jarrett. I actually like the chemistry that he and Alex have, and they're very physical with each other. They're constantly, like, touching and hitting and... <laughs> Wrestling around each other. <laughs> yeah, trying to get to the Spinning each door. other around, trying to get to the door first. <laughs> yeah. It was really fun to watch them uh, together again. And not quite as heavy an episode. This one was a little more lighthearted, except for the nuclear holocaust on you a Christmas poem. That was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the silos, just like the silos <laughs> in your soul. Oh, that guy was funny. He was the master poet. 
He had won awards. He was then the guy that introduced him said he was one of the most incomprehensible voices in modern poetry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny and so sad. Sha la la la. We do have quite a few guest stars. Shall we jump into some guest stars for yeah. this episode? Let's do it. I'm curious to see who got credited. Well, first of all, of course, James Jarrett, played by Jeff Joseph. <laughs> I'm not going to. It's a lot of J's there. Jeff yeah. Joseph, James Jarrett. Since we just recently went through all of his filmography, I'm not going to go into it again. But I will tell you, sadly, that this is his second of two appearances uh. on Family Ties. That's the end of James Jarrett in the show. I knew you were going to tell me that. And I was already sad. He did a great job. He was the best James Jarrett there, there could ever be. We'll never have another like him. No. Jeff Joseph, James Jarrett, we enjoyed you. Yes. Sorry. We'll Family ties rip. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but we also had Robin Green, played by Nancy Everhard. Okay. She has 45 acting credits. Did a lot. Like, just the... Every single TV show you can imagine from the time. A lot that we mention a lot, like Diagnosis Murder, MacGyver, The Facts of Life, uh, Remington Steel, The A-Team, Knight Rider, and Airwolf. Oh, my gosh. I mean, she just did them all. You know, one episode here and there. And in fact, you know, a lot of times whenever we mention Airwolf, I always talk about Champa and Klein, our podcast pals who do the Airwolf years, which is a podcast about the show Airwolf. But this is actually the third show that they've done. Their first show that they ever did was a podcast about MacGyver. Then they did a podcast about Knight Rider. And now they're doing Airwolf. And she was in all three. Oh, so she's the trifecta guest star. Yes. So um, if you guys are interested in hearing more about her, you should check out the Airwolf years because those are good guys. And Airwolf is a great show. It's like basically Knight Rider in the sky, right? (laughs) Yes. Get to the Joppa. <laughs> <laughs> but sadly for us over here on Family Ties, this is the last time we see, first and what? only time, we have Robin Green. So oh, she stomped out, and we never get to see any kind of resolution there. She stomped out of our lives forever. Yeah. She didn't come back to their tutoring business, apparently. I guess it wasn't meant to be. Up next, we have Zane Axelrod, which is the poet, the most incomprehensible poet of our time. Oh, uh, nice. Played by David Wall, W-O-H-L. And, I don't know, did you recognize him at all? I didn't. He's got 87 credits to his name, and he's one of those faces that I'm like, I know I've seen him and stuff. What do I know him from? Mm-hmm. And he's been in, like, so much stuff that I've seen. But first of all... Something you wouldn't have seen him in. He actually had a recurring role on Hey Arnold. He was a principal and a couple other characters on that show, which is like a Nickelodeon show. I don't know if you remember that one at all. I I remember hearing about it, but we didn't have Nickelodeon, so I never saw it. Well, fun fact about Hey Arnold, I just have to bring up. Janelle and I actually have an uncredited performance on one episode of Hey Arnold. This is for real. What? Yes, we did Foley art for one episode of Hey Arnold. So when we were in college, Janelle and I both went to like a film school and one of our classes was audio engineering. I think it was called Advanced Audio or something like that. For the class, we traveled out to Hollywood and the instructor was actually like ran a a, a Foley studio, you know, a recording studio out in Hollywood and he taught the class. And so he would, a lot of times he would, 
teach it by showing us whatever project he was working on and show, okay, well, here's, you know, we're doing uh dubbing of, you know, the actors this time. And so he'd show us the process of what he was doing. It was current shows that he was working on. And one week he's like, you know what? I'm doing um, an episode of Hey Arnold this week and we need to do some Foley, you know, the sound effects. And I'm going to have you guys actually record some of it. And so we got to actually, you know, everyone in our class got like one or two little bits to record and we're actually on the show. So for mine, the episode of the show, there's a spot where like a bunch of birds are attacking them and they're like all poop at them. Oh, yeah. And I got to make the sound of the bird poop. So it was basically like little spit wads, little pieces of paper. We'd like dip them in a little bowl of water and then throw them against like a plate. And they recorded the sound for all the poop smacking them. And then there's another part where they're just eating breakfast and they need the sound of someone eating breakfast. And so I had a little spoon and a little bowl of cereal and just kind of mixed it around. And you can hear the sound of me doing the bowl on the show. Nice. So we're on an actual episode of a cartoon. That's cool. Was it Axel Foley or just regular Foley? Just regular Foley, yeah. This is Axel Rod. Zane Axel Rod. Rod. Okay. Yes. And that was real Foley. (laughs) Man, I felt like it was another 48 hours. Oh, you know what? This guy was in that movie. What? Yeah. Wait, you didn't know that? No. No, this guy's been in everything. How cool is that? He was obviously one of the bad guys in that movie. Let me just give you a quick rundown of some of the movies he was in. All right. Or TV shows. Okay. Uh, He was in the X-Files. His longest running thing was he was on a TV show called Brooklyn Bridge. He had 28 episodes of that, which I kind of vaguely remember the title, but don't know much. He was in Hot Shots Part Due. Nice. With Charlie Sheen. Mm-hmm. Presumed Innocent with Harrison Ford. The War of the Roses, which is Michael Douglas and uh, Kathleen Turner. Do you remember oh, that movie at all? I do, actually. Yes. They threw dishes at each other or something. Yes. Fantastic. Like Danny DeVito, I think, even directed it. He was definitely in it. Oh, he nice. might have directed it. It's really good. Very good dark comedy. Troop Beverly Hills. 30-something, The Couch Trip, which I've talked about a couple of times before with Charles Grodin and Dan Aykroyd. It's a great movie. And uh, Walter Matthau. Armed and Dangerous with John Candy, Remington Steele, Brewster's Millions with, again, John Candy and Richard Pryor, Revenge of the Nerds. I mean, he has been in everything. He has been in everything. And this is his first of one, two, three, four appearances on Family Ties. Really? Not the same character, though, is it? Not the same character. Different one every time. Oh, okay. And it's one a year. This is 85. He's also in 86, 87, and 88. That's crazy. I've seen so much with him, man. I knew that face. He's just one of those guys, you know. Huh. Who has the most uh, returning guest starring spots? Hmm. Well, the cool thing about IMDb is they do have a way to easily see this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look here for you. Obviously, the main characters are all credited with 172 episodes. And we, you know, even like though, even though Meredith Baxter wasn't in all of them, she gets credit for being on the show, even if she wasn't in there. So 172. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's one episode she was hungry and she was upstairs. Yes, that's right. But she still got credit for it. (laughs) So then after the main five, we have actually Brian Bonsall, which I guess is a spoiler but he eventually plays Andy Keaton. And so he's in 75 episodes as Andy. Okay. Then Mark Price with 54. 
And then Scott Valentine is Nick. He's got 45 episodes. Huh, 45? That's only like two seasons. He's not in it until a lot later. It's funny because from being a kid, he's probably, him and Skippy are the two that I have the most vivid memories of besides Alex B. Keaton. And yet they're not, you know, in it as much. No, I mean, obviously Skippy, you know, it's got like three seasons worth. But it's not that much. Or two and some change. Okay, so after those, which are all ones that I kind of consider to be at least series regulars later on. Right. The next highest one is Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox? Monica from Friends. Friends. Becomes a regular, and she's got 20 episodes. I can't wait to find out what she plays. Then Tracy Pollan, who plays Ellen. And if I remember correctly, she's the one that eventually Michael J. Fox marries. Marries. Yeah. In real life, yep, yep. And yep. so she has 15 episodes, um, and they met on the show, if I remember correctly. And then, after her, we got Gus with seven episodes. Oh, so it was seven, okay. So there you go. That's that's the rundown of the top. I mean, it goes from there. But next, we have William, who is the like the goofy college kid. Oh, yeah. Who wasn't too bright. Right. Go home. <laughs> He only has 24 acting credits, didn't do a ton of stuff. He was in, like, several shows, like Chicago Hope. But he also was in a TV show, a miniseries, called Family of Spies instead of Family Ties. Oh, I see what you're doing there. Yes. What the words. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in the movie Baby Geniuses, which is pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if I ever saw it. It's not great. Okay, well then I'm glad I missed it. But the thing he's the most known for, apparently, is he is a returning character in three Porky's movies. Oh, wow. Which I've never seen any of those, but I guess he's, I don't know, a bigger character in it because he's in all three of them. Yeah, well, I haven't seen him either, so I can't tell you. But this is his only appearance on Family Ties. Oh, well, I guess maybe he drops out of college so they don't interact with him anymore. I guess so, yeah. Well, and now that the business is through. Cool, because their new business that they decided on was tutoring and baby watching. So Yeah. What were they going to do? They were going to keep your grades high and your baby dry or something? And your baby dry. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, we have one more guy, Robert Shanshi, who played a student. Okay. And I think it might have been the guy that introduced the poet. That would make sense, because he had the most lines. Yeah, I don't think anyone else had a line, because the other guy in the audience was William. Well, and then the girl who shushed Alex, all she did literally was shh. Yeah, and she's not credited, so we'll never know who the shusher was. So, this is an interesting one. So, in a way, he actually has more credits on Family Ties than Gus, because, and we've talked about this guy before, he is a production assistant on Family Ties. Oh. And he's credited with 60 episodes of Family Ties as a production assistant. Okay. And then because of that, he's got how many times is acting? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I think eight credits as an a- as acting on Family Ties. So Interesting. Technically has more, but it's always just like a one line, it's young man number one or student or whatever. So he would be he would be up there. This is his fifth episode actually that we've had of him. Oh wow. Actually I guess it's only seven credits. So I guess he'd be tied with Gus then. Okay. Finally we have baby Andy again. And it's once again played by the twins, Garrett and Tyler. And this is their second of two appearances as Baby Andy. Oh, so we're done with Baby Andy. 
Well, yeah, or at least we're done with the Merriman twins. Oh, what a rip. I wonder if the parents were hard to work with. I guess so, or maybe that's just all, you know, they grew too big too fast, or... Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Or maybe they're just gonna, you know, have him off camera, because he was barely in this one. Yeah. At all, on camera, so, you know, if they just pretend they're rocking him, and you hear crying off stage and stuff, I mean, it could be... They could cheat around that way, so we'll have to see. But no more Merrimans after this. All right. Well, I can't wait to see who plays Andy next. We shall see. Bum, bum, bum. Sha-la-la-la. So any great jokes or anything that you wanted to go over from this episode? So I had a couple, and one of my all-time favorites in this whole episode, in fact, it's my favorite was when James Jarrett was talking to Alex at the very end of the episode, and I know I'm jumping all the way to the end, but when he said, oh, man, I was riding by that park, and remember we used to play baseball out there, and we were uh, sponsored by Wilson's House of Fine Lingerie? (laughs) Yes. We had lace cuffs and see-through jerseys. See-through jerseys, yes. Oh, I laughed so hard. I had to rewind it and watch that part again because it was (laughs) hilarious to me. That was great. Oh, and then uh, when Elise and Stephen are leaving the house, they tell Jen, oh, would you look after the baby? And she goes, she looks over at him and kind of deadpan just goes, well, Alex is, he's fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> and, and then Elise gives her the look and she goes, oh, you meant Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that made me laugh hard too. Baby Alex. Yeah. James Jarrett talking about the bike race and how Alex tried to get away and Alex is like, well, yeah, you know, I, I needed to, you know, go a different direction or whatever. And he's like, we were on a tandem bike. <laughs> and then when Alex is timing James and Robin and he's got a full on stopwatch and he's got a whistle <laughs> like, for a tutoring was, class. Right. You're a coach now all of a sudden. I love it. Well, there's a couple of great things with Mallory in this one. Earlier on in the episode, she's, you know, Alex is explaining their tutoring business, and Mallory said, Who would come to you guys for tutoring? And Alex is like, We could get rich off your friends alone, Mallory. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, they could. And then she had like the good stinger back at him later on with a, you know, what would you do with two good looking, intelligent guys? And she's like, What's that got to do with you and James? So. She got her own back at him a little bit. Oh, 100%. She's uh, (laughs) coming into her own, zinging him. I also, I loved, I mean, such a silly, like, B story, but Steven's obsession with the car was great. (sighs) Yes. And his description of the wagon master when he came home with the brochure was, they told him it seats eight comfortably and ten uncomfortably. (laughs) 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 Which is such a great pitch for a car. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm sure you probably sat in the back of a station wagon in those goofy seats that faced out the back window, right? Yeah, that's the uncomfortably. (laughs) Yes, 100%. Those are the worst (laughs) seats. I don't think they allow that anymore, right? Can you have a backward seat? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, if you're buckled in, I don't know. I mean, I guess, because you can sit in a pickup truck if you're buckled in, in the back. I don't know. Maybe one of our listeners is a car aficionado and can tell us what the laws and regulations are. What's the deal with the with family wagons? What's the deal? What's the deal with Wagon Master? <laughs> is that a real one, or is that just like, instead of saying a station wagon? I feel like I it's kind of like, you know, uh, how Chevy Chase in uh, the vacation movies called it the family, <laughs> family truckster. truckster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I think we all get the feeling it's... A, one of those uh, funky old station wagons, but yep. they don't want to give a brand name or anything because they didn't get the sponsorship. So. That's right. Okay, one other weird observation that I made during 
the opening scene when like they're making their plans for the tutoring and they had been eating eating breakfast and they're <laughs> wrestling over the cookies and they're like cleaning up after and I don't know if you noticed like James cleaning up style. No, I didn't. He had a sponge and they you know the whole time they're having dialogue about making plans for their tutoring and stuff. And I was just watching him this whole time. I just stared at him because he's got a sponge and he kind of like goes in circles around on the countertop for a while. And then he spends, like, the whole rest of the dialogue brushing crumbs or whatever it is off the counter into his hand. And then he kind of cups them in his hand as he brushes it off for a long time. And then he, like, never does anything with the crumbs. He's just kind of, like, holding them. (laughs) And I don't know if they just, like, he just dropped them on the ground after that or what. But, like, it was such a weird – you could tell it was, like, a stage thing and not actually cleaning. And it was it was pretty entertaining. He wasn't sure what to do with his hands afterwards. He's just like, oh, okay, the crumbs fell out. Well, it's because it was seaweed and grass. (laughs) He mowed it it himself. (laughs) I raked it. (laughs) I I raked it and I mowed it and I cooked it. I cooked it. Oh, mom made grass and I helped. (laughs) Oh, shake and bake commercials were the best. Old commercials were fun. They are. They're so good. It's weird that like as a kid, you know, I mean, even though they're fun, you always wanted to get through the commercials to the show. And now I've probably spent a significant amount of time watching old commercials on like YouTube just to go like, oh, I remember that one. Oh, I love that commercial. There's nothing better than watching commercials from when you were a kid. And like, you know, Crossfire had the best song. Oh, yeah. yeah we'll get hit great up in game. Crossfire. Yeah. <laughs> the falsetto was on point. I know that you remember this, but I fairly recently, like within a couple of years, got a new Crossfire at Target. Oh, yeah, that's right. Do you still play it or no? It's been a little bit. We still have it. I nice. probably haven't played it in a few months. But, I'm trying to remember. You, know. you used to have to scoop your hand and then try to feed them in the top and trying to shoot at the same time. And Yeah, because if they miss, then it kind of goes in your little you know, bucket at the end and you scoop them out and reload and you're, so you're constantly reloading and firing at the other side. Right. And the, the little shape things you hit were different shapes and yeah, kind of like a little spiral star shape thing. You yeah. Hit at it. I had that yep. game. I loved it. My mom got rid of all my old stuff though. Oh, unless there's a secret box she hasn't told me about. Could be. Yeah. I've been cleaning out a lot of stuff from boxes lately. So maybe you have my old Crossfire game. Maybe I do. I hope you have my old Megatron, too, because I love that. And my old Soundwave. I have my Megatron in the box still. What? Child, yeah. Oh, you never got a chance to try to make them transform. (laughs) Well, I did. I opened it and played with it. But, I mean, I kept all the packaging and stored it in the original box. Oh, okay. Not sealed, yes. Okay, so you're not that kid. I'm not that kid, but I did keep the boxes, including, like, my old Star Wars toys and stuff as well. Nice. So. Oh, man, I had so much Star Wars stuff. I have none of it now. My brothers played with it, though, after me, and they kind of ruined it all. I, I mean, I have a ton. It's not mint condition, but I do have a lot of Star Wars toys. Do you remember that old robot? It was really just a hand, and like you would, you know, it had like two controls, and you would manipulate the hand, and you could open the little claw and pick things up. And yeah, it was like, oh, man, it's a robot. And I remember getting that, and I was like, oh, I'm so excited. And then, uh, like, an hour later, you're like, okay, well, I'm tired of picking <laughs> up one thing and moving it. Because it's kind of like the little pickup claw thing that, like, your grandparents have to not have to bend over and pick up, except it's a robot hand. Yeah, you just had batteries with it. Or it had to plug in, probably. Probably. Or I don't know. I feel like everything back then just required, like, 8D batteries, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I had a boombox, and I think it took 12D batteries. Oh, my gosh. 
then once it's out, it's that's a big investment to have to run that thing. Yeah, again, it's like forty seven dollars to replace the batteries. <laughs> My mom's like, I'm not doing it. Plug it in. <laughs> you had to buy the yep. AC cord separately. Sha la la la. So I did have one more joke that I noticed, and it it wasn't the joke that was funny. It, I mean, it was. It was when James Jarrett walked in, and at the very end, and Alex is trying to change Andrew, and uh-huh. he goes, "Oh, what are you doing?" And Alex looks at him, and he kind of smiles, and he kind of like, <laughs> "I'm gardening," and they both like just kind of stared at each other and laughed a little bit. And I was like, "What do you think I'm doing?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love too the like cloth diaper and like the big baby pan and everything, like. Yes, and they showed a baby butt on TV. They did. A little bit more, actually. I was kind of surprised. Did you ever have to do cloth diapers? I I feel like we maybe had this conversation before for some reason. I I don't remember, to be honest. I I feel like my sister, for sure, because she was 12 years uh, younger than me. But I feel like my middle brother... I feel like he did cloth diapers, and I had to change those. And it, I, I feel like we had a diaper service, but I can't remember. But I don't remember setting them out. I just remember, like, I don't remember what you did with the poop. I don't remember any of that. So I've either blocked it out or I'm making it up as I go now. <laughs> you never did. I mean, obviously, you didn't have cloth diapers with your kids at all? No, 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 none. Okay. We never did cloth diapers, although we had a bunch of people give us diapers, and some of the ones they did were, like, these... It was like a plastic outside, and you would just replace, like, the liner in it, and they gave us a bunch of those, Mm -hmm. and those don't work, so (laughs) we didn't use that. (laughs) That's pointless. They were ineffective for you. Yeah, so uh, we, I mean, we use it because we got them for free, and we quickly realized this is not going to be good. When I was a kid, I mean, my siblings, at least my younger brother I know was on, like, you know, disposable diapers. I don't know about my... You know, my David, my brother who's four years younger than me, I'm not sure. But I know I had cloth diapers. Well, because your parents used to have the business, right? Well, they had a toy store, not a cloth diaper business. No, but I thought, didn't you tell me before a couple episodes ago that they did like some sort of a laundry thing or something? Well, no, just that they, because they had the diaper service that, you know, people, they would come and pick it up. They had these laundry bags that they used for the diapers. Okay. And I still have some of those bags. We use them as like beach bags. Gotcha. Because they're real, like, durable, but they don't, like, absorb water a bunch. So, and it's, you know, netting. So, it's real good to put, like, you know, we'll put snorkels and flippers and stuff in there. You can carry it to the beach and it uh, doesn't get all soaked. Kind of shake it out, too, and make sure all the sand is off of it. Yeah. Before you yeah, put it in the great. car. Yeah. Okay. They're that great makes for sense. beach. I, that's, we did talk about cloth diapers before. That's weird that <laughs> that's we something go. that's come up more than <laughs> once here. <laughs> <laughs> Family ties. <laughs> Sha-la-la-la. Okay, so one final observation, or really an ex- explain that joke type of thing, mm-hmm. because when James was tutoring Robin and they were like giggling, he made a comment. He said, "Whoever thought Alexander Pushkin could be such an amusing poet?" And I looked up Alexander Pushkin because I wanted to understand the joke because I oh, didn't know nice. what he was talking about. And it's kind of funny because, you know, they're laughing hysterically at his poetry. Well, he was a Russian poet. He was considered by some to be the greatest Russian poet. This is off of Wikipedia. I'm getting this information, by the way. Okay. 
He was born into nobility in Russia. A lot of like drama going on throughout his life. He wrote a poem that was controversial called Ode to Liberty that eventually led to his exile by the czar while he, he was under strict surveillance while he was in exile, all kinds of stuff. And eventually he died when he was fatally wounded in a duel with his wife's alleged lover Ooh. and brother-in-law. Oh, this is like a lot of like very serious, heavy, dark political stuff. And that's. Makes sense now that they were chuckling at him. <laughs> well, of course. His yeah. family ties. So there you go. Now the joke makes sense. Sha-la-la-la! Well, was there a moral to this episode? So I kind of turned around the whole competition as the backbone of friendship, but also you have to temper with compassion and respect for the other person. That's good. What about you? Well, for me, I looked at it a different angle and I mine was just rather than pursuing someone that you're interested in maybe like have a conversation with them first <laughs> well yeah that would definitely you know don't just assume that she's gonna love you just because you think you're good looking because they both like really didn't have a whole lot of you know outside of tutoring her any knowledge she even said like I don't even know you guys <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> but she was willing to go to a poetry reading with uh James, yeah so well, because she's her tutor. I mean, talk about abuse of his position, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> at least he didn't make her go too far away. It was at the college. Ooh. And speaking of that, one final observation that, well, I shouldn't say. It's not my observation, but there was an interesting little trivia bit on the IMDb page for this episode. I did not notice this, but I went back and looked after I checked out the IMDb thing. So the trivia says, in the background of the poetry scene where Robin is dismissing Alex and Jimmy... Jimmy. His name is James. They call him Jimmy on her. Yeah. Various decorations from Alex's Gone with the Wind prom theme are scattered throughout the room. Most noticeably is the moon, which Skippy hung from a rope. And sure oh. enough, it's all in the background. They're like in what? a storage room with all this stuff from prom in there. <laughs> yes. How cool is that? I know. I never would have noticed it. But after I read that, I went back and looked. And sure enough, there's a bunch of stuff in there. Well, and that's the one the where Skippy got stuck on the rope. And then Alex was like, whooshing them all over the place. And then he told Alex it was a bad idea to ask two girls. Yeah, that's the one. That episode. One prom, two All dates. the stuff from there. I mean, that was last season when he was wow. still in high school. So yes. Is this was the poetry reading at the high school, or are they storing the stuff from the high school prom at the college? Oh, definitely they're storing high school prom stuff at the college. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe they donated it to the college because Leland didn't have enough money to host their own dances. Or maybe that's why the title of the episode is Don't Know Much About History, because it was a Gone with the Wind prom, and they don't know much about the history of the Annabellum South, because they just barely feature it in the background of the episode. Oh, that could be it. That's got to be it. I'm think, sure. I think that's it. I like that correlation that you drew, so it makes me feel good inside. <laughs> it brings closure. Well, what else brings closure is the end of an episode, and that's oh. where we're at. I know. It feels like we just begun, but it is time. Thank you so much, Keith, for joining me on this episode. It's my pleasure as always. It's always a good time. It is. Thank you, dear listeners, for listening with us. We love having you along for the ride. Remember, you can write to us at alexbkeatonismyfriend at gmail.com. Of course, you can send us a message at our Facebook page. And big new exciting news. I kind of mentioned it last week, but it's there. We have a Facebook group now. I joined it. I saw you did. We have just a couple people in there, but we hadn't really like, it was sort of a soft rollout. So yeah. hopefully some of you guys will join us and it's a great place to have conversation. 
with us. And the title of it, I don't know if you saw, I'm kind of proud of it. Did you see what it was called, Keith? I did, but I already forgot what it was because that was like, you know, three or four days ago now. As you can tell by the title of this podcast, I like to uh, use as few words as possible. I like to be succinct. <laughs> right. Just as keeping it as tight as you possibly can That's make right. It. Alex B. Keaton is my friend at gmail.com. You know, nice and, <laughs> and tight. Easy, easy, easy. So, you know, when I was deciding what we're going to call a group, I was like, I got to stick with that theme. I got to keep it, you know, brief, to the point. I got to get the message across in as few words as possible. And I think I did a pretty good job. The group is called A Group for the Friends of the Alex B. Keaton is My Friend Podcast. A Group for the Friends. <laughs> a Group for the Friends of the Alex B. Keaton is My Friend Podcast. So if you're looking for our group, just type that in. A Group for the Friends of the Alex B. Keaton is My Friend Podcast. And oh, you'll find it us. It's easy. Nice. I love it. Yes. So please join us. We've had so much great conversation with Julia on the comments of a post. This makes more sense to actually talk about it in the group because that way everyone has easier access to it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. We can talk about current episodes, episodes in the past. We talk about James Jarrett. And gardens in Germany and everything in between. Oh, I love it. Let's do it. Yes. So join our group. Send us an email. I think that's about it. I think that's all we could ask for. Yes. So thanks again, Keith. Thank you again, listeners. And we'll see you all next time on another very special episode of Alex P. Keaton is my friend. What would we do, baby, without us? What would we do, baby, without us? And there ain't no nothing we can love each other through.